today. And uh, we want to uh, welcome Brother Charles and Sister Michelle's new grandbaby to church this morning, I believe for the first time. And they're glad to have them here today with us. And uh, congratulations. And uh, Brother Charles and Sister Michelle are getting very, very old having grandchildren and all of that. But we're glad that they're here today and everyone else that is in the house of God. And uh, it is summertime. Has anyone noticed that? It's hot. It's hot outside. Thank God for air conditioning. Amen. Thank God that we're not living in the good old days. Amen. And uh, we are, I, I remember uh, last year about this time it was hot. The year before that about this time in the year it was hot. The year before that it was hot. It gets hot every year about this time around here. And uh, so not really anything out of the ordinary. We just seem to forget over the winter months of the cold, hard winters that we have of about 65, 70 degrees, that uh, it gets hot in the summertime. That's just, and it's humid. Anybody notice that it's humid outside? Thank God that it's been a little bit wetter this year than it was last year. Amen. God is good to us, and uh, we are thankful for all of God's goodness and His blessings. And I tell you what, it's just good to be able to come to church and to worship the Lord. And I am thankful today that I'm able to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And as Brother uh, Frazier was teaching this morning, I'm looking forward to uh, life after this life. Amen. This is not the best of it. We're just enjoying this while we're here. But the best is yet to come. And uh, thank God for His Word. Uh, we, I, I need to, uh, well, let me wait just a few minutes on that announcement, but I will not be here, uh, my family and myself will not be here uh, for Wednesday night service this week. We'll be leaving uh, Wednesday going over to uh, JS Mississippi, Brother Robinson's camp meeting, and uh, be preaching there Thursday night. And uh, so Brother Duplessis will be here preaching Wednesday night. And so be faithful to the house of God. We'll be back for the weekend. And uh, so have a great time in the Lord. Pray for us. Especially pray hard Thursday night. And uh, for, for me as I preach the word of God over there. And uh, so there will not be. Uh, July the 4th falls on a Wednesday night. And so due to the fact that I don't want to be here having church by myself. We're going to dismiss for... Uh, that Wednesday night, that midweek service, so everybody that uh, was going to miss church anyway, you can feel comfortable in doing so, because there'll not be church here that Wednesday night. Now, that's not this coming Wednesday night, that is the 4th of July, so uh, be careful on your vacation, wherever you might be going, your celebration, if you celebrate with firecrackers, be very careful that they don't explode on you and burn you and uh, all of those good things. But have a great time tonight. We're going to do something very great. And uh, some of our young people are got the Holy Ghost at youth camp. And uh, we're going to baptize Sister Kaylee and Sister Julia, Julia tonight uh, after uh, at the conclusion of service in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And, 
We are looking forward to that. That is a great honor. Uh, one of the greatest things that they will ever do in their life is going down in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. I never shall forget that day. Amen. I can remember it just like it was yesterday. I was very young at the time, but I can remember that feeling that I felt when I went down in the water and when I went down in Jesus' name. And I am so thankful that the Lord washed all of my sins away. I'm thankful for the power that is in the blood of Jesus Christ and for the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God for truth. So we're looking forward to that tonight. And uh, we want to come back to the house of the Lord tonight expecting and believing God for a great move of the Holy Ghost. I need to meet with all the young people immediately after service in the men's prayer room just for a few minutes. Uh, you're not in trouble, but we're discussing a youth trip. So uh, I know that you'll want to be part of that. So remember, uh, immediately after service, meet with us in the men's prayer room. All the young people, anyone that would be interested. I know some um, go on the youth trip. Some adults go. What we ask is this is uh, teenage and up. And uh, if you have small children, fine. We'd love for you to go with us wherever we go. We're trying to decide where we're going to go. We've got a couple of choices. And uh, so if you want to go, we ask you uh, to get a babysitter and keep it 13 and above. So remember that at the conclusion of service. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 18. Romans chapter 6, verse number 18. The scripture says, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Make note of this, the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had, had ye then in those whereof? Ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit into the holiness, and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord now reading this passage of scripture it seems to me that serving God you get the best of the trade amen amen Lord bless you, you may be seated I will probably go a little bit slower this morning more teaching than preaching so I ask you to bear with me a little bit different for Sunday morning but the Lord has been dealing with me about this all week long and uh, I was going to preach about this talk about this teach about this Wednesday night 
and I felt the Lord lead me in a little different direction. And then when I got here Wednesday night and got to teaching, he led me in another direction. And uh, so all of you that were here Wednesday night can understand that. But uh, this has kind of been on my mind, and I've been uh, thinking about this, praying about it, and I want to try my best to deliver it to you as the Lord would have me to this morning. I want to talk to you from uh, this subject, the works of the flesh, just simply the works of the flesh, which are not that simple. They get kind of complicated, and they complicate our lives if we allow them to be fluent in our life. But uh, the works of the flesh, as I have read here in the Scripture in Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is uh, speaking to the church at Rome, and he said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Because of the infirmity of your flesh. Verse number 18 he says, being then made free from sin, you become servants of righteousness. When you are set free from sin, you became a servant to God, which is a righteous and a holy God. So you became servants to righteousness and the holiness of God. Then he says, I speak after the manner of men. The manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness. Now he was speaking uh, of the infirmity of their flesh, but also in uh, their before life, before Christ, that uh, what was going on. He said that, that you yielded your member servants to the uncleanness of the world and the flesh. But he said, I bring this back to your remembrance and I want to jog your memory just for uh, a little bit because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now what is an infirmity? It is simply a weakness, just to make it very simple today, it is a state of being weak in health, and uh, the weakness in your health. So it is a type of sickness, it is a type of an immune system problem, and, and it happens, uh, when I looked at the dictionary, to, uh, to uh, get the meaning, the total meaning of this, it happens mainly in, um, uh, in your infirmity, is mainly in your old age. But it also can happen at a young age. But the Apostle Paul said, I'm bringing this to remembrance of you because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now he was not speaking of your physical well-being but he was speaking on a spiritual standpoint. That makes me to understand and to know that even in our, uh, our security and living for God and our ability to live for God and even so in our experience in living for God, 
There is still an infirmity that can come about in our flesh that we never get too old, that we no longer have to deal with the flesh problem. We never, we never get too uh, uh, high in God that we do not have to deal with the flesh problem. He said, I bring this to your remembrance because of the weakness of the flesh. If you could uh, bear with me, what, what he was making reference to is the weakness of the flesh. He said, and be careful because of this flesh problem, because for the end of those things are death. Your flesh will destroy you. Your appetite that you have will destroy you. The end of these things are death. And then he sums it up in verse number 23. He says, for the wages of sin, everything that the devil puts out there that looks enticing, that would try to deceive you, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we will not get into a lot of uh, the part of the reward that comes with living for God. It's good that Brother Fraser brought that to us this morning. For the sake of time, uh, we will be dealing with the wages of sin and what is sin. And uh, when sin is finished, what it brings forth. And so, so, but, but it, it is always, uh, it is always uplifting in the Word of God to where you're looking in the Word of God to find that with sin, then He does not leave it. God does not leave you there with no hope. But God always gives you hope. No matter where you're at in life, God always gives you hope. And when you read it in the Word of God, it will tell you the dangers of sin and the pitfalls that the devil will dig for you. But it's just like that I read in our hearing uh, Wednesday night that with every temptation, God has already made a way of escape. So let me tell you before we get started, in everything that we deal with today, you are more than a conqueror through the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have to fall prey to sin. Amen. We're not living this to, to a lot of people's philosophy today would say you have to sin a little bit every day, so pick the sin you like the best. That's not scriptural at all. That's not the way that God wants us to live at all. Amen. We are to live free from sin because the wages of sin is death. So I want to live free from sin. We find in Galatians chapter 5 where the, the apostle is dealing with the church and speaking to the church at Galatia. And he is telling them about things that they are to watch out for. And here... We will read Galatians chapter 5 starting at verse number 16 and through verse 21. This I say then, simply walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
That's a simple solution to a great big problem. You want to know how to live free from sin? Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now, he did not say that when the works of the flesh are manifest. He said now the works of the flesh are manifest. The works of the flesh are going to be manifest in a lot of people's lives. And they will also show up in all of our lives on occasions. Anybody testify to that? Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? What are the works of the flesh? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you, as also told you in times past, they that, that they which do such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now we can look at the works of the flesh this morning and we can see that it's pretty much summed up in three or four different divisions. Number one is there is four that is dealing with sins of lust. And then number two there is two that is dealing with idolatry and superstition. Then the third, there is nine sins that are dealing with temper. That's a very common one. The fourth, there are two that is dealing with appetite, eating, and drinking. So you can pretty much sum this up in four different divisions. And so, as we look at the 17 works of the flesh, and we dive into them a little bit deeper this morning, number one, the first thing that the Apostle Paul writes about is adultery. And uh, pretty much everyone is familiar with what adultery is. It is unlawful relations. And so he tells us this is one of the works of the flesh. It is amazing when you look into the order of what the Apostle Paul put these in. I don't think that this was just randomly picking them. And he just randomly recorded these. But he dealt with these in an order, I believe, that was ordained of God. Because these are things that people have problems with. 
I want to tell you today, if you are married, there are certain things that you do no longer do. And you do no longer participate in. And I want to, want to tell you today that social networking with people that are you are not married to, that are the opposite sex of what you are, and texting and phone calls are not healthy to a good godly relationship. When God put you together, He said, What God had joined together, let no man, speaking of mankind, put asunder. Amen. Some of you young people that are recently married in the last some of us young people that are recently married in the last 25 years. <clears throat> I always like to, it's hard to believe. I thought, I can remember back looking and thinking back and I see the pictures. And, and the pictures are, tell the truth that, that my parents were not that old when they celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. And I understand that now, but when I was a teenager and they were celebrating that, I thought they were ancient. But let me, let me get back to my train of thought here. But <clears throat> it is important. Now, now I know society, society kind of is relaxed in these areas. The workplace can become relaxed in these areas. And your guard can kind of fall down in these areas. Married men and women don't have any business calling each other. If that's not the one that you're married to. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's not about right, but that is right. Because this is the work of the flesh. Give no occasion to the work of the flesh. You have to keep up your guard. Amen. We're all friendly and we have uh, social lives that interact, but you've got to keep up your guard. There's certain areas that is off limits because it is the works of the flesh and the devil likes nothing better than to come in and creep in unaware. Amen. Amen. The paper amazes me sometimes of people's questions and people's answers of what they would give and, and just real life happenings of what's going on in people's lives. <clears throat> it is amazing that I got through preaching Wednesday night and uh, I kind of dealt with some of the issues of social networking and the dangers of it. Then I um, was reading the paper, I believe it was... Uh, Friday morning and they had a little article in there someone was talking about how that they had a happy home life and then they got involved in this and met a previous person that they knew from back uh, you know their sweetheart back in school and they got together and how it's complicated things and and how it's really messed up things I want to tell you the devil is using everything that he possibly can Young ladies that are, that are just married, young men that are just married, you don't go hang out with the guys 
on the weekends like you used to. Young ladies, you don't go hang out with the gals that you used to on the weekends. It's the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. The first is adultery. The second is a sexual sin, fornication. Listen at me, young people. You are still to keep yourself pure and holy and righteous unto God. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I don't care what is socially acceptable in this world today. It's still a work of the flesh and God has called you to preserve yourself. I don't care what every song says. I don't care what everybody in school is doing. Amen. It does not change what this book says that is the work of a fleshly act and God is not pleased with it. And you are destroying yourself. Amen. We're living in a society that wants to teach everything but the truth. They want to, oh man, let everyone choose their own way. Let everyone choose their own direction. Let every child have his own choice. I tell you what, when I was growing up, I didn't have to worry about thinking. I had parents that was doing my thinking for me. And thank God that they did because I was not thinking correctly at that time in my life. And if you got parents that do some thinking for you and say, no, 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 no. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go there. You're not going to participate in that. You ought to thank God every day because one day you're going to look back. And today, might I say that I have the highest respect for my parents because my parents did not let me do everything that I wanted to do and I thank God for it. I'm here today because of it. Amen. And I want to give God praise and my parents praise that had enough God and enough sense about them to understand that God had placed them in my life for direction. And Hallelujah. Woo. Praise God. That was good right there. Amen. Amen. That would keep you from fornication. Amen. You know what will keep you from that? Staying out of the wrong places. Hanging around the wrong crowd. Amen. That will keep you from about, about 80% of it. The rest is, is just, just doing what you know to be doing in dedication to God. You can be dedicated to God and you can love God with your whole heart and still fall prey to the works of the flesh if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't have any doubt in my mind that everybody in this building today loves God with your whole heart. If you did not, you wouldn't waste your time of even being here today. But when you get in the wrong place around the wrong crowd, it, you have a tendency to do the wrong thing. Amen. Then the third is uncleanness. Amen. This is not just talking about <clears throat> a uh, just not taking enough baths, although that's good, wholesome living. 
Amen. <clears throat> like Brother Burr, I believe it was, used to say, the reason why I don't take three baths a day is because it's not convenient. <clears throat> Two or three never hurt anybody. But anyway, whatever is the opposite of purity, that's what it's talking about here. That is the works of the flesh, including homosexuality. And sexual perversion. That is the works of the flesh. Amen. You're not born that way. Contrary to public opinion today. God did not put Adam and Steve in the garden. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. To set the example. Amen. Amen. My, my daddy always said this. It's pretty good to live by, I guess, and I'll hand it down. Of course, I already have, but I'll do it again. But he said, if I had a, a sissy-sounding voice, and I had a limp wrist, and I was a young boy, I'd gargle with, with soap and salt water and everything that I could, swallow sand trying to rough up my voice, get me a brick and go out there and rub my hands on a brick, learn how to walk like a man, dress like a man, talk like a man, act like a man. Because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. Amen. Amen. You know, <laughs> there's a lot to be said about styles today and these little... Oh, Lord. If you're not one, don't look like one. Don't dress like one. Thank God. Thank God that we got some boys around here that dresses like boys ought to dress. Oh, praise God. This, this being away from the pulpit for a few weeks has really got me stirred up. When I go to these places and I see these young people coming in the way that they're dressed, I told the, the kids the other day, I went up in, in the teenage class and I said, I need to apologize for y'all. I've been getting on to you for your boots and your blue jeans at church. Really, I don't like them. But if I had to accept them over the alternative of these little skinny pants and these little frilly shirts and these little goofy-looking hairdos, give me the jeans and the cowboy boots that look a little more manly Lust of the flesh. I want to tell you today. You say, oh, oh, I might dress that way, but I'm not. These things promote a lustful lifestyle. Amen. That homosexuality is not, is not something that you are born with. It is a spirit from the pits of hell. And the way that you get it is by handling that spirit. Amen. You have got to resist that spirit. It is prevalent in this world that we are in today. It is everywhere. You read about it. You see it. It is promoted. But the church has got to stand up against it. It can never be accepted in the house of God. It's still wrong. It's always going to be wrong. It always will be wrong. The Bible has never changed. Amen. 
Amen. Boys, don't be flirting with that. Girls, also, don't be flirting with that spirit. Amen. It's getting a hold of ladies and it's acceptable. Oh, that's the cool thing to do. Experience with your sexual self and see what you are and see what you desire. I want to tell you that it is the lust of the flesh and it is dooming this country to hell. Amen. The church has got to wake up and realize, hey, hey, I've got to draw a line here. There's got to be a point of separation here. There's got to be a change. There's got to be a... Oh, hallelujah. I didn't mean to get on this this morning. And I'm sure this is not wholesome for the internet crowd. But I want to tell you it's still the Word of God. I don't hate the sinner. I don't hate homosexuals. Amen. I hate the sin. And I hate the devil. And I'm in love with God and God's Word. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I know it's considered a hate crime. I know it's considered, oh, oh, you can't speak out against that. Amen. I never have hated the sinner, but I hate sin. Amen. I'm an apostolic one God, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking preacher. Amen. And I can't get along with sin. I'm not comfortable with sin. I'm not comfortable around sin. I don't want sin to be on me. I don't want sin to be in me. Amen. I don't want to spend time with sin. God has called the church out because we are are a peculiar people and he set us aside to be different amen amen whatever is the opposite of purity amen the third the third being just having a desire and appetite amen for all of these things. The fourth is lasciviousness. Amen. Lustfulness. Lewdness. Wantness. Lasciviousness is the promoting or partaking of that which tends to produce lewd emotions anything tending to foster sex and sin and lust that is why many worldly pleasures have to be avoided by Christians because what they are promoting amen that is the reason why the church Ladies and men need to examine ourselves in the mirror and when we go shopping. Why am I wearing this? Why do I dress like this? Why do I put on this? Why do I deck myself out with this? What is the purpose? What is the reasoning behind what I am doing? Is it to promote lust? Oh, it's getting 
tight and quite, but it's still right. Is it promoting a lustful attitude to where someone would look at me and say, wow. Is it promoting something that would get the attention of the opposite sex? Amen. Short skirts, low necks, short little britches. Amen. Little fluttering of the eyes, a little here and a little there. And that stuff was always considered in the Bible when it, you read about that is referring to harlots. Amen. Amen. What is it promoting? The new. I, I look again at the paper, Houston Chronicle. They have a section in there about styles and the new sexy hot style. Oh, this is what everybody's wearing. This is what you've got to have. Now, the hot is not representing the weather. And we all know what the sexy part is. Now, with those two in mind, why would we as children and ambassadors of Christ? This is a little bit different for Sunday morning, ain't it? It's going to be evangelistical tonight. Y'all come back tonight. Y'all like tonight better. But... But here we are promoting, we are Christians, we are the light of the world. I think we're showing a little more light than really God wants us to show. Amen. We are the light of the world. What, what are we showing? We are showing what it, on the inside is coming out in what we dress. Why, why does it have to be so low? Why does it have to be so high? Amen. Why, why? People say, oh, why, why sleeve link? Why is, it, why is dress link? Why is all... Because there's got to be a stopping point somewhere because the church world today has gotten to the place where there, there, there's nothing wrong any longer. You can't tell a Christian from anybody else in the world as the church world says. And I want to tell you, the apostolic Pentecostal church is... Falling down the same road. But I want to tell you, it's still the lust of the flesh. Amen. Lasciviousness. Amen. Promoting lustful attire and lustful. You know just how to walk. Wanting everybody to whistle when you walk by. Amen. Then look over at somebody. Did you see brother so-and-so? Tell you, husband, brother, so and so looked at me. My Lord, why did he have a reason to look? What were you doing? Promoting a lustful spirit. Those spirits connect with one another. You ever notice that? They kind of they make a connection there with one another. I want to tell you, we don't need that in the church of God. Amen. While, while I'm on that, too, I, I noticed something else that makes me very uncomfortable. Amen. We don't need to be putting pants on our little girls and putting a skirt over them. 
Amen. You say, oh, they're, they're tights. Get the feet back in them then. Quit cutting the feet off of them. Amen. These things are leading us down a road. That's a half-hearted clout, but thank you anyway. But these things are leading us down the road of destruction to where we've got to draw lines over the works of the flesh. I'm telling you today, church, the works of the flesh will destroy the church of God. It will destroy you. And the end result is death. Amen. The reason why we do not <clears throat> have Hollywood piped into our homes is because it is promoting the things that God stands against. Amen. You can't sit there and feel your children in your home with the lust of the flesh, with sexual perversion and activities and drunkenness and murders and expect them to be good godly children when they grow up. I want to tell you today, we don't need what the world is promoting. We get enough of the world on us by just walking through the world. And I don't want to get entangled in the world and the ungodly world system that it is promoting today. Well, I've lost the other 10% of you. So, let's keep going. Idolatry. Now, we all, we all, how many is against idolatry? Do we have 100% on that? Y'all scared to raise your hand because you're scared of what all it consists of, ain't you? Idolatry, image worship. Everybody against image worship? Don't worship any in images? Amen. No images? Idolatry includes, includes anything on which affection are passionately set. Being extravagant, attracted to idolatry. Amen. Not all, not, not, I've, I'd say pretty much, I'd be safe to say this morning, there's not any of us have any idols in our house that we bow down and worship. But I want to tell you the sports gods of this world. is detrimental to our spirituality. I can remember, amen, of the love and the craving that I had for such. Now, I enjoy sports. I like to play sports. I like to know a little bit about what's going on. But you cannot be passionately in love with these things. I can remember, must I confess, I have open confession this morning. This could get scary. But I can remember that when the Cowboys lost, it put me in a bad mood. That's sin. God fixed that. He just has them to lose all the time. And I can't stand to be in a bad mood all the time. God has a way of changing your mind about things. 
But, but one day, amen, something started changing. Now, and I realized, hey, these things are detrimental to our well-being. Them people don't know you from Adam. I remember I went to a place, some of you went with us, and we heard a guy speaking, and he was talking about men that would wear another man's name on the back of his shirt. How foolish that is. And I've never forgotten it. Every time I see somebody with some ball player's name on the back of their shirt, I make you think, think of that. That it's proving the fact that you don't like who you are and you wish you were him. And he don't have a clue who you are and he would never want your life. It's a drug-crazed world. Amen. Oh, it, man, I lost the other 10% then. <clears throat> I got to get on something that's happy medicine for everybody this morning. But we have to be careful until we start becoming worshipers at their altar. A hundred thousand people gathers together, spends money that they don't have, screaming to the top of their voice. For somebody they don't know. And idolizing people that has terrible lives. Because they can run from one end to the field faster than anybody else. <laughs> it's still good. It's still right. You know it's right. You may not like it, but you, you know down in your heart it's true. And then... We get too involved and too carried away with these things. These are the works of the flesh. Anything, anything that we are so passionately in love. I've seen people, now let's break it on down a little bit closer to home. I see people that so passionately in love with hunting and fishing. They'll spend their last dollar and let their family go hungry. I've lost pretty much everybody at this point. <laughs> uh, can't, can't, uh, can't afford to pay the car note, but praise God we got to have a lease. We have to be very careful. Where is our priorities? I thought I'd get some women to amen me anyway. I was trying to get some of you back on board. Let me get on you for a minute. <laughs> so passionately in whatever drives us, the Scripture is warning us against things. See, the Apostle Peter, he fell in love with Christ, but he never left, lost his love for fishing because when a bad day happened, they asked him, so what are you doing, Peter? He said, I go fishing. Passionately in love with something that drives us. Amen. Be careful. I'm not saying that hunting and fishing is wrong. Lord knows I don't want to preach against that because I like it. <laughs> and and there's, not, there's nothing wrong with a lot of things that are done decently and in order, in moderation. 
idolatry. That's probably the reason why God's never let me kill a 200 class buck. Because he knows I'd have it hanging on the wall just ooing and aahing and remembering the day and have everybody to come look at it and humble themselves before it. So, <clears throat> witchcraft. Everybody know what witchcraft is? Amen. Sorcery. Practices of dealing with evil spirits. Mag magical. Casting spells and charms upon one another by means of drugs and potions. Enchantments used to inflict evil. Pains or hatred or suffering or death are to bring good, health, love, and life and blessings. Witchcraft. <laughs> Something kind of funny happened one time. I remember a man in the church there in Arkansas stood up and testified. He said, I was needing a word from God. I needed a word from God. I was just seeking for a word from God. I went to the Chinese restaurant. I opened the fortune cookie and there I found a word from God. My daddy said, I think I've heard everything now. I don't think that was from God. <clears throat> Little enchantments, scared of people because they'll cast a spell on you. Ain't nobody going to cast no spell on me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Witchcraft. Playing with these things. Don't you play with spirits. You cast spirits out. Amen. You look in biblical times. They never played with spirits. They never wrestled with spirits. They cast spirits out. Get spirits out of your home. Out of your life. Amen. Spirits. Witchcraft. Petting these little evil things are not pleasing to God. Hatred. Ooh. Ain't anybody going to like me when I get through today. Bitter dislike. Malice. Ill will against one another. Tendency to hold a grudge. Against or be angry with someone. Nobody in the house like that this morning. Never had a problem with that. I don't like them. If, if they're in heaven, I just ain't going to go. That shows your intelligence. <laughs> You're right. You're not going to go. <laughs> Hatred. I can't stand them. They did me wrong. And I hold a grudge. That's displeasing. That is a work of the flesh. Amen. You've got to get over it. You've got to let go of it. And you've got to move on with life. Life's too short to be mad at somebody. Anybody ever been mad at anybody? Some of you. 
has that other problem with flesh. It's called lying. <clears throat> been mad at somebody. Some of you has been very angry at the one you're sitting beside at this present time. One time another, but you can't. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Everybody's going to get angry every once in a while, but it doesn't have to lead to hatred. There's a difference in anger and hatred and bitterness and strife and all of these things start building up to where I can't even stand to walk in the presence of them. They just, ooh, they make chills run over. And you're carrying such anger and bitterness and hatred against somebody. And, and then you think, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. That's not like God. You are fulfilling the works of the flesh. The fleshly works are dominating you to the fact that you can't get over. They, do you know the thing about it? They don't ever have to repent. But you do. They don't ever have to make it right. But you got to make it right. Or you can't be saved. Oh, I'm waiting on them. They got to take the first step. They got to make the first move. Amen. Get in an argument with your spouse. Anybody ever got in an argument with your spouse? No, I don't know. <clears throat> Get in an argument. And you... It's no fun to be mad at each other. <laughs> so you're just, you're just uh, sitting there in the chair. She needs to repent because I'm the man. She asked me for forgiveness. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll apologize then, but I'm not going to apologize to she. And you let hours pass. Some people days, some people weeks. Some people it even goes into a divorce because two hard heads butting against one another. You've got to take, not the low road, but the high road and get things right. You can't live life like that. I refuse to live my life going around mad at somebody all the time. I don't hate nobody. I don't hate nobody. I don't hate nobody in my heart. How many people can honestly sing that from your heart today? I don't have hatred. I don't have bitterness. I don't have anger. Because that is not like God. And that's not what God wants me to be. I don't care what brother so and so did. Or sister so and so did. I've got a made up mind. I'm keeping my spirit right. I'm going to walk right. I'm going to talk right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to do right. Because I do not want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hatred. Hatred destroys people. You ever seen anybody that died a bitter old person? They lived their life being mad. And I know we're on number seven. And I know there is 17 works of the flesh. So, 
for your comfort this morning, I'm not going to get through. You ever seen anybody that just, you, you, you talk about them and the first thing that comes to your mind, they held something to the day that they died. They could not get over it. They could not rise above it. Think about that. Is that the way that you want to be remembered? In life, somebody done me wrong, bless God, and I hadn't forgot it. Oh, I've forgiven them, but I haven't forgot it. Oh, I've forgiven them, but I bring it up in every conversation that I have a chance. But I've forgiven them. God knows I've forgiven them. But did I tell you what they did to me? God knows I don't have any ill will against them, but wish they'd get cancer and die. God knows I love them, but you know, I just can't stand to be around them. But I have forgiven them. I don't know you have hatred in your heart. You have bitterness in your heart. You're carrying a grudge against a person. And God is not pleased with it. Works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. God does not want us fulfilling the works of the flesh. These things will destroy you. These things end in death and destruction. These things will keep you from being happy in life. You ever, you ever get up and wonder why, why am I not happy today? Like one guy said, said, some mornings I just wake up grouchy. Other mornings I let her sleep. <laughs> oh, come on, lighten up a little bit. It ain't quite that bad. See, the reason why I'm going to end on hatred is because all of you that's done got angry with me, y'all have got to forgive me. You don't have a choice. You've got to forgive me. And you can't be angry with me because I tell you the truth. I feel like the Apostle Paul said one time you'd have gave your eye for me. Now you want to destroy me. <laughs> what changed? <laughs> I'm still preaching the same thing. Maybe a little. I don't know. But anyway, hatred. Just, just wake up and don't know why. Why do I feel like this? Why do I? Right, just everybody you come in contact with, you're angry and short. And... You know, most of the time it's not because anything, anybody's done anything to us. Most of the time it's just because it's us. Amen. You've got to love everybody. You've got to show love to everybody. People don't care how much you tell them you care. They care how much you show them that you care. You can say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to your blue in the face, but you've got to learn how to really forgive. And God knows those thoughts that's down deep in your heart. Well, they done me wrong. Forgive them. 
Yeah, but they're the ones that's in the wrong. Forgive them. Yeah, but you don't understand. Forgive them. Just forgive because life's too short to live with a grudge. Because the thing about a grudge, a grudge is like a cancer that keeps growing. It can be on your shoulder in a little bitty bump one day. But as it sits there and it starts eating away that, at who you are until where who you are is no longer. And all it is is a grudge. Sour on life. Life's never good. Life's never fun. Nothing's ever going right. That's not God's plan for your life. Let's all stand. That's not God's will for your life. God's will that you would be in good health and prosper. God's will and God's desires for you to be happy. I've found happiness in serving God. I found that when I am not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, I'm a happy man. I found that when I am dedicated to God and I'm living for God, I'm a happy man. And I've found that without God, I'm among all men most miserable. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. God, we love you today. We thank you for this time that we've had to come to study your word, Lord, to look into your word. We ask you, God, that you would touch every heart, every soul, every life, every person that is in this place this morning. God, and what we have